Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Could the Saints and Bucks wind up swapping quarterbacks? No, not Drew Brees. How about Teddy Bridgewater for Jameis Winston? One GM says, I'm hearing Tampa Bay is hot on Bridgewater. And NBC's Peter King agrees there may not be a landing spot as a starter for Winston. What's really going on with Winston, with O.J. Howard, with the Bucks' running back situation? You're going to hear Jason Light's interview with the beat writers who cover the team on all those topics and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Steve, one of my favorite mornings uh, during the NFL offseason is Monday because that's when you get all the knowledge. <laughs> all the uh, who used to do Monday morning quarterback, uh, of course, now he's at NBC. Um, I was reading Mike Sando of The Athletic. He had some takes as well. Everybody seems to weigh in on those big Monday morning uh, columns uh, that they have. And, of course, the talk is really centering around Tom Brady um, you know, he seems to be the, you know, the, the biggest domino that will fall here at some point, uh, even though there's, you know, a lot of discussion. I know Tom Kern at NBC up there in Boston was talking about how, how there still has to be a meeting of the minds between Belichick and Brady before any of this, uh, uh, talk about him moving on happens. But it was really interesting, um, particularly in this sense, uh, you know, we started this conversation and Bruce Arians has said it now over and over again, and each time we talk to him about Jameis Winston, he ramps it up a little bit. Um, but there's no question that, that you know their priority is getting Shaq Barrett back, number one. They have talked about perhaps franchising him. They've talked about wanting to see who makes it to free agency, which would indicate that they're not going to franchise Jameis. It's not an absolute. But they could get a deal done with Barrett, and maybe everything changes. Um, but they want to see what's behind door number two. And you know, both these guys that, uh, and I wrote a, a blog about some of their takes, really came to the same conclusion, and that is, okay, let's say Jameis Winston is a free agent. Where's his market? In other words, is there a team out there that's going to consider him a starter that's not drafting a quarterback or has a guy already? And, you know, we we talked about how it's it's tough to come up with that. And so, you know, the more you hear people talk about Jameis Winston – the more you wonder, and not just Tampa Bay, but there, you know, could he land a starting quarterback job if he does get into free agency? And we've heard him and his representatives supposedly have asked for $30 million. By the way, they've been given every opportunity to shoot that number down. Nobody has on either side. So there might be some validity to it. Uh, I thought it was very interesting, though, uh, that Mike Sando uh, quoted in his column an unnamed general manager, okay, in the NFL, saying the Bucks, uh target in free agency could be Teddy Bridgewater. He quoted him saying, I'm hearing Teddy Bridgewater is hot. Or I'm hearing Tampa Bay is hot on Teddy Bridgewater. And we've, we've discussed that on this podcast really from the beginning that, you know, going back to when Drew Brees got hurt early in the season for the saints. And it looked like that might be it for them. And Teddy came in and went five and zero, including uh, beating the Buccaneers pretty handily through 300 yards 
and four touchdowns in that game. And I, I'll never forget after that game, uh, and it might have just been platitudes on Bruce's part. He just got his butt kicked. Um, but I asked about Teddy Bridgewater, and he says, look, I love Teddy Bridgewater. I really think he's a good quarterback. He should be a starter in this league. And now's the opportunity, right? Um, totally different guy than when well, you talk about guys that play the position a different way than, than they, you know, each other. Um, Bridgewater, uh, back in the day, used to be a pretty mobile guy. Of course, he had the devastating knee injury that cost him two years. But he's a uh, more of a game manager, you know, a guy that gets the ball out of his hand quickly, extremely accurate, um, you know, great intangibles, terrific leader. And guys follow him. He didn't blink when, when this happened with uh, Drew Brees. And, you know, like I said, he played extremely well against them uh, in New Orleans. What Sando, Mike Sando of the Athletic offers, is that maybe there'll be sort of a swap of sorts, that Bridgewater would sign with the Bucks, and then Winston goes out there and realizes that there really isn't a starting job for him. And so perhaps he goes to New Orleans to be the number two quarterback behind Breeze, who may only play one more year, and then Taysom Hill, who's a restricted free agent, continues on, not as their long-term answer, but maybe as a guy that's just, you know, featured in their offense like he has been before he becomes a free agent next year. What do you think of the idea, first of all, Steve, that Jameis Winston, if he doesn't remain with the Bucks, will or will not be a starting quarterback in this league next year? Well, I think his first choice would be to be a starting quarterback, but how many teams are looking for a quarterback that would consider Jameis an upgrade over what they currently point. have? I mean, you know, perhaps, and I'm just spitballing, let's say, I'll give you a couple. Let, let's say Jacksonville, right? Mm-hmm. I think that would be an upgrade. I mean, you got, you got, you know, you got Foles there, um, you know, Gardner Minshew, which is a six-round pick, did some nice mm-hmm. things, but really no... No established guy. Now we're gonna. Now if you take off the board like the San Diego's, right, and the Miami's. Well, Miami um, probably is drafting a quarterback. That's what I'm saying. And, Cincinnati's going to draft one. San Diego will, and Cincinnati will most likely. So, you know, the ones that that have no quarterback are all in position to draft one, and most likely will. So it really doesn't leave. You know, we've talked about Carolina. Looks like Cam Newton's coming back. Mm-hmm. Looks like they think he's going to be half healthy after that Liz Frank injury to his legs and at least, you know, be given, uh, you know, Matt rules, be given a year to, to try to see if he can win with him. Um, cause they're there, they got a seven year deal. So, you know, there's, there's just, there's simply, you know, isn't a lot of jobs out there when you still have Philip rivers, right? You're still going to have, uh, the Marcus Mariotas and you're still going to have guys like this that can come in and be backups other places. So, you know, the point that Peter King made, we'll get into his column in a minute is that it's musical chairs, but there's not enough chairs, not enough starting chairs. So if he doesn't, if he does not come back to the Bucks, if he becomes a free agent and they and the Bucks move on with somebody else, say it's Bridgewater, whomever, um, and you know there may not be a starting job for Jameis Winston. So wouldn't wouldn't it be interesting? And I and if you know again, it all comes down to money, right? What is somebody willing to pay? Now the Saints are in a bad salary cap position because of Breeze. He's redone his contracts many times. Uh, including, you know, whatever he ends up doing with him coming back for his 20th year. Um, so I don't know with Taysom Hill, them trying to get him back as an RFA. I don't know how much money they would have for a guy like Jameis Winston. Um, but I, I don't, I mean, you know, unless Tom Brady 
left New England Patriots and somehow Belichick, that's the guy I want. You know, I want I, Winston I, to start I can't for me. see that. I, Bel- Belichick, more than anything, is about ball control and not exactly. turning it over. I can't exactly. see believing Jameis is the answer for him. I mean, you know, there's talk that right. Andy Dalton is, is possibly a target for them. And, uh, and, that's correct. Yeah. You know, he's more of a game manager. He's not going to take too many risks. Um, not going to necessarily win you games, but Belichick, he's got Brady that can win you games, but you know, he's shown over time that it, he doesn't have to have his quarterback win him games all the time. I mean, he's strategically probably the best coach we've ever seen mm-hmm. as far as game plans and, and, and scheming during a game. So, but I, I just can't see Jameis with the turnovers being a guy he would target. You see him mentioned sometimes in Chicago where, where the fans are upset with Mitch Trubisky, but the Bears have said that Trubisky is their guy, at least starting next season. What I think what we're getting at is is that there may not be a team that says, yep, we want to sign you. You're going to be our starting quarterback. Maybe we draft a young guy, um, but we're going to bring him along slowly. Now, it's possible wherever – it's poss- this is possible wherever Tua uh, Tungavaloa goes mm-hmm. – um, there could be a situation where they go, you know what, his his hip is still sort of tender. We don't want to rush him into the into the game. We we want him to sit for a year. Maybe in that instance, say it was Miami, right? That you could, uh, um, you know, sign a guy like Winston and say you're our starter. We're going to pay you like our starter, but then we have this other quarterback that we know in time, short order, as a matter of fact, is going to be our dude. But we're happy to to you're better than Ryan Fitzpatrick or something like that. Um, so it's possible you, he, he could, you know, sort of be the, the bridge quarterback, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I, I do, I, I think these guys are right. I think, you know, and, and that's been the difficulty for the Bucks is that even if they were settled in the idea that they wanted Jameis for another year, which it, they could have said, you know, definitively like they did about Shaq Barrett. Look, Jameis is our quarterback. He ain't going anywhere. No one has said that. Um, they've said what's behind door number two. But even if he did uh, come back and start, I think well, the difficulty becomes in, in trying to conceive of either franchising him for $27 million or paying or signing him to a long-term deal that averages more than that. That's a, that's a lot of money for a guy coming off 30 interceptions. And, and it may not be that they don't believe he could cut that number down, um, but it's an awful big commitment financially when you're going to possibly lose the JPP or Indomitian Sue or you know, Shaq Barrett or something like that, um, you're not going to be a good good football team anyway. So, boy, it's really interesting, though. Um, and, and, you know, every day there's more of these, um, you know, the speculative columns and whatnot. Peter King was interesting. Um, you know, he was the one that uh, of NBC Sports that noted that, you know, of course everything is on Tom Brady. And, you know, he, he definitely is going to be the next domino to fall. But, he quoted an, an unnamed agent uh, who has a veteran quarterback in the mix as saying that the problem are is that there are more quarterbacks than, than chairs, you know, the musical chairs reference. And Peter King says, quote, I keep asking people here, meaning in Indianapolis at the Combine, about the fate of Jameis Winston, and I couldn't find a landing spot for him. I doubt sincerely he'd be a starter on opening day in 2020 if he leaves Tampa, which is likely. King says, but where would or could he be a backup? Let's guess at some other outcomes. And again, the key thing, you know, really is Brady. Uh, if he leaves New England, um, you know, maybe New England makes a deal for Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota to step in waiting for 
Jared Stenham, who they really like, but isn't is probably about a year away from being a starter. Um, he says, you know, if if Burrow goes to the Bengals and uh, Tungavaloa goes to Miami and Justin Herbert or Love go to San Diego, you know, where does that leave everybody else? How about either Winston or Mariota or Case Keenum as uh, part of a backup plan in Washington? You know, where they have a wobbly rookie quarterback. Um, but almost well, all talk, of Washington could take another quarterback this year, though, too. They're talking about some people, and I think that that is. I think that's Washington trying to get interest in their pick, you know, making people think they'll take uh, Tonga Valoa so that, you know, another team will, like Miami or others will move up and, mm-hmm. and give them something for that. Um, but new coach but who didn't draft that quarterback last year. They don't like Dwayne Haskins. You could pull in Arizona. You could do exactly what, you know, they did um, in Arizona and draft a quarterback in the first round and say, well, he's not my guy. He wasn't my guy. I mean, you only hope and you draft this high once. That's correct. So that's correct. And it's and not you your quarterback, quarterback that you, you know drafted last year. So and Dwayne Haskins was not good, and he played one year at Ohio State. And I'd always said this: I don't want a quarterback who has just one good year in college football as a starter. I want him to have at least thirty games. That was the problem, you know, with Trubisky. He started one year at North Carolina. It's just mm-hmm. not enough of a runway to know what these guys are about. Um, they did a poll. I thought this was interesting too, on Yahoo Sports. And 66% of the people participating don't know where they were from across the country. But 66% said that the Bucks should not, should not re-sign Jameis Winston. I'm telling you, man, it's got to be a rough offseason. That's a lot of fantasy owners getting burned by the interceptions. That's <laughs> right. You're exactly right. Either that or some people at one buck place were voting a lot. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I... Every day there is a there is something that comes out, and this is what this is all I know, is that Tom Brady is going to be the key to the next round of signings, right? As if Tom Brady goes back to the Patriots, and you're going to see Ty, Ryan Tannehill sign immediately with Tennessee, um, you know, you, you're going to see everybody kind of go back. I don't know where Philip Rivers is going to go. I mean, there's talk about him in Indianapolis. I think the thing about that is that they would definitely put him ahead of um, you know Brissett. But I think the key will be how much money does he want? Does Philip Rivers still think he deserves or requires $27 million a year? Because if that's the case, he's not going to get it. Mm-hmm. And But if he wants to make a, you know, a, I, a good deal and be a starter there, I think he could do that. I know we've said that Tom Brady's the key to this quarterback class. But now there's some reports that there's not as many teams in on Brady as you think. Now, that may be true, maybe it's not. But is Brady really the key to this whole thing? Because if less teams are going in on him, thinking we don't either we don't have a shot, or he's not interested, or maybe you know, yeah, through the grapevine they've already said, yeah, we're not going to this market, right? Is Brady the key, or is it really Bridgewater? I think it's Brady. Um, I mean, if look, if somebody it, wants to sign Teddy Bridgewater, then that that's you know could potentially create a domino effect. But if it's if we were the L.A. Chargers, for example, that wouldn't really do anything to any of the quarterback situations. The only reason I say it's Brady is because I think, look, and you can argue the wisdom of taking on a 43-year-old quarterback in a new system when he's only played under Bill Belichick and thinking that within the next one or two years he's going to win a Super Bowl for you. We all know that that's a long shot, right? Um Peyton Manning did it in his second year with Denver. He was basically a passenger with a really good defense and won a Super Bowl there. But it's really hard 
hard to do, especially at this age. And he's got to, you know, learn a whole new, or they would, or the team he's going to would have to learn a whole new offense. I mean, they just, they know how to win. So you're going someplace that is renowned for winning to maybe a place that doesn't know how to win. And it, it just seems like a long shot, but there's other factors involved and, you know, he may just want to, you know, he's fought to be a free agent. And he just may want to try it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, he is the go- like he is the goat, right? I mean, there's not been a guy like this, even at certainly not at his age. But um, imagine, for example, your your franchise, if if it were Tampa Bay, could become relevant. Now, Tennessee was relevant last year because they made it to the AFC Championship. I got to believe Brady's going to be about winning, and that's why I think it's hard. It's a hard sell, you know, to say, well, if you go to the Bucks, that's your best chance because even though they have all this talent on offense, you know, they haven't won. They haven't won in 12 years. They haven't been in the playoffs. They and haven't, but you got like a, the, you've got a coach that is a winner. You do have a coach that's a winner, but he's a different style of coach. Now, yeah. don't forget this. Well, he'd have to change his offense for sure. That, but also Brady is used to the, you know, constant challenging and, and mm-hmm. you know, who the hell are you kind of, uh, you know, ruler of, of Bill Belichick, where Bruce Arians, while he can be tough on guys, is the opposite of Belichick. He's laid back. He's not wound up at all. He's loose all the time. Um, might be refreshing for Brady, but it's not what he's used to. So, and, and frankly, it's not what the team is used to, right? So, so Brady's going to come in here expecting all the players to sort of, you know, get in line and, and do their job. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that discipline, he probably won't find outside of new england the way it is done the patriot way you just you're not you know mike vrabel might be a close replica of it because he came from that you know tree as a coach and and or as a player and now as a coach so you know a lot of people are hyping tennessee but these franchises you know they they have tough decisions i mean if you're the titans you've got derrick henry you've got conklin you know their their right tackle and you've got Tannehill, and you've got to decide who are we franchising who are we resigning well, you can't wait forever for Brady and then lose Tannehill, you know. Or if you get Brady, are you are you you know re-signing Henry and then you know losing a tackle? I mean, these these are tough decisions that have to be made really quickly when we get to the signing period. So um, for that reason, I think yeah, maybe his market isn't as big as some people are making it out to be. I know what Bruce Arians said, and I think he was sincere because we asked him, and it might have been a bad choice of words for him. But we said, who would you pick up the phone for? He goes, Tom Brady. <laughs> so, I mean, and and look, if you're the Buccaneers, right, and you haven't been relevant, forget about making the playoffs, which would be really nice, or winning a Super Bowl in your hometown, which would be even better. Um, what would it be like to be a relevant franchise again? You know, what would it be like to have the national media descend on every game you play? I mean, that's the fun for the fans of the NFL, Right. Because it's a superstar league, it's a quarterback league. Um, but but in this instance, the quarterback Brady gets to choose where he goes. You don't get to choose him. Uh, so you know that that's all got to kind of play itself out. But we're going to get this every day, and up until uh, the next the next big date is the twelfth of March, which is literally eleven days away as we do this podcast. Um, that's that's the deadline no, for nine day, franchise. Nine days away. Nine days. Nine days away. There you go. Yeah, today's the third. That's the, so. Yeah, that's right. Today's the third. So you're right, nine days. So you're talking about uh, just over a week, and we'll know if uh, Shaq Barrett's going to get a franchise tag or um, you know other quarterbacks around the league. 
uh, that might get it. And, and so that'll that'll limit your pool. Uh, and then just a couple days later, on the 16th, uh, is the start of the legal tampering period. And if Jameis Winston is not tagged, he could literally sign that day or the next, you know, sign mm-hmm. two days later, the 18th at 4 p.m., uh, but reach a deal on the first day. And you'll see Adam Schefter on there on the 16th announcing all these deals that are somehow remarkably made within hours after the start of the free agent tampering period. So not that anybody talked in the bars in Indy. Um but I just don't know which way it's going to go. And, and you know, I'm asked 100, 101 times. And I, there was a time when I didn't think the Bucks knew. Now I'm starting to think maybe the Bucks do know what they're going to do. That maybe I, I, they well, I think do they know what they want to do. The question is, will they be able to get it done? Yeah. And the other question is... You, I mean, look, you're nine, days out, you're nine days out from having to make the decision on Jameis, and you're, le- you're two weeks out from free agency. You better know what your plan is. You better know what you're going to do. If you better a know what your A, B, and C word. plan is. I mean, That's correct. And I also wonder this. Is there some? Is there a team out there? Because I think Jameis is really talented. Intrigues. I know he intrigues a lot of people. I know a lot of people love his talent. They don't like the turnovers. But there's always a guy, right? There's always some guy, somebody who thinks they can make this guy better. Uh, but I wonder if there really is a starting job. Furthermore, I wonder if Jameis's agent Joel Siegel and them, whether they know that there's not, and if there is not, if the best chance for him to start is to stay right here. Maybe for $21 million, maybe for 20 maybe hell, maybe for 18 I don't know what. Something south of the franchise tag, but he would be the starter if he wouldn't just work that one-year deal out, you know, or maybe it's a two-year deal, I really don't know. But if he would take less than franchise money to remain here, if he's honest with the assessment of, of you know, where he could go. Or, but, but would the Bucks do that? Um. Well, because if they've, if they've the decided they they want to look at door number two, yeah, they may not be willing to bring him back at this point. Well, but what is door number two? I mean, all we know about know. door number I mean, two, it's Teddy Bridgewater, which one GM says that they really like, or is it Tom Brady? The Bucks, I mean, or and then the it? other one, the other one could be Brady, but it's it's Philip Rivers. I mean, those are the only two guys we know. You know, we can throw in the Marcus Mariotas and you know Case Keenum's and people like this. Um, well, you still have but, like the Andy Daltons that you could make a trade for. You could make a deal for Dalton if Derek Carr. Although I've I've heard and and I've not reported this per se because it's kind of kind of on the fringe. But I don't know that BA is a big Derek Carr fan. Yeah, I, that's I, what I mean, I've heard. You know, that's the thing we don't know. You know, we don't know yeah. who he's a fan of. Well, I'm I mean, kind of told that he's not, <laughs> but I I don't want to put words in BA's mouth, and mm-hmm. he couldn't tell me anyway right now because he belongs to the Oakland Raiders. Um, we know John Gruden, his favorite quarterback, is the one he doesn't have. So he, he's definitely going to be all in. The teams that I've read that are still very much players, you don't see Tampa Bay much with the Brady sweepstakes. You see it sometimes. But basically, um, you hear a lot about Tennessee. Like Tennessee, if you handicap this thing, you would put Tennessee as the number one. I well, and that's purely unvariable, I think. I mean, and, and look, they made Rabel the playoffs. The they got a defense. They were, they were got, an AFC championship yeah. game. Yeah. You know, so, you know, with a good running game, a good defense, a quarter uh, head coach that was his teammate and understands the Patriot way. Um, and a head coach that out Belichick Belichick. Exactly You right. know, r- milking yes. the clock on the punts, uh, you know, going into the five minutes left in the game. He took all his bags All those penalties, yeah, right. yeah. You know, not that far from New York where I guess his other son lives. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of things that sort of make sense. But, um, but you know, of course – I, like I said, I don't think he's coming to Tampa. We'll wait and see. The talent's here. Um, but it's, you know, every day it's something. But, but, you know, 
just so you know, I mean, like these guys in Indianapolis, like if you go there, the entire NFL is there. And once the meetings are over and the workouts, they all descend on the restaurants and the bars. I mean, in mass. And there's certain places you can go where you know you're going to run into 12 GMs and, and, you know, 16 head coaches in the same place. And agents everywhere. And, and you can get a lot of information in those areas. Um, and that's what these guys did for the last seven nights. I did. I didn't, you know, roam the streets too much, but I, I managed to hear some things as well when I was up there. Um, but these guys have been up there for a week. And when they wrote their column, you know, for Monday morning, uh, you know, this, this is sort of the things that the buzz was up there in Indianapolis. There was other buzz, though. There was uh, a lot of buzz from Jason Light. We've heard from Bruce Arians. We let you guys hear our interview with him. Um, when Jason Light got on the podium, he said some things, but off the podium, he was much, much better. Uh, not just talking about Winston, although I thought his takes were, were fascinating on that, but also how much they warmed up to O.J. Howard and sort of did a Mia Copa, almost a 180 on the Bucks tight end and how they think he's going to be uh, a big factor in, in this year's offense, no matter who's throwing the ball. They also talked about the defense and the improvement they made and also what they're going to do at the running back position. They're certainly in the market uh, for a running back. So here's an opportunity for you to listen to behind the scenes and listen to the way Jason Light talks about Jameis Winston, talks about the other quarterbacks who are available perhaps in free agency. Um, you'll glean some insights more from hearing him than you will uh, reading the written word. But uh, anyway, without further ado, Jason Light from Indianapolis with the Bucks Beat Writers. Jason, you were just talking about O.J. Howard. Do you know if you guys have made a decision as to whether he would have a fifth-year option extended yet? Um, we have some time to think about that, but I feel pretty good about the direction we're going there. I know BA's talked about you know what's behind door number two and kind of waiting to see who's going to be available. I mean, how anxious are you to, to kind of find out what other options are out there at quarterback? Um, I wouldn't say anxious because it's just you know you know how it's going to you know what the process is mm-hmm. you know that there's dates that you're going to find out March 16th we'll have a lot more clarity and uh, you know until then we can't talk to uh, anybody that's an impending free agent we can't talk to their reps we can only talk to our players you hear things on the street but you just wait for you know the dominoes to fall a little bit and you're prepared for every scenario if you, if you don't think you have clarity until March 16th, how tough is it to make a decision on March 12th that takes you out of the running for a makes a little bit more challenging. makes a little bit more challenging, but we have some time to, between now and then to figure out what we can do and what we want to do. And how much does what you see here impact that, too? Because I know uh, Coach was saying that you, know, you guys are doing your due diligence on a lot of quarterbacks here, too. Um, I wouldn't say a lot. Um, I don't think you could expect any quarterback that would take um, the draft to come in and be in savior year one. So, Jason, what, what are your overall thoughts on the season? We haven't talked to you a while. What were your impressions and your overall look back? You know, it's it was a strange year because yeah. Yeah. so many good things. Uh, you know, the defense was as good as it's been since I've been here. I think we have a chance to be surpassed good and be great um, next year. I think the last eight games we ended up in top three in a lot of categories, top five in a lot, and top ten in most. Um, it was really great seeing that. It was fun to go to the games just to watch our defense because we knew that we were going to have a chance. Um, our offense obviously put a lot of points on the board and um, had a lot of yards. There was a lot of things that didn't go our way um, on that side of the ball to put our defense on the field too early and got behind too many games. 
but I just love the fight of the team. Um, I think it's a different vibe than I've ever seen here, and I give that Bruce all the credit and the staff. Um, we're excited. We think that we have a chance to be special. Jason, how, how can you know who's going to be available in free agency, um, you know, until the tags come? You don't. It's a guessing game. You don't. So, so in that, pre- that's where you got to prepare for everything. So in that instance, I mean, Bruce said that the difference between Shaq Barrett, where he says he's not going anywhere because he led the NFL in sacks, and Jameis Winston, who he called an unknown quantity at this point after six years, is just that. And so that would indicate if Shaq Barrett isn't going anywhere, you would tag him. Um, where Jameis might make it to free agency. Is it clear that you're not going to tag Jameis Winston at this point? No, it's not clear. Uh, we can still get a hopefully get a deal done with Shaq too. So um, there's a lot of things I understand that yeah. there's a lot of things that are going on. But, so you uh, haven't ruled out using a franchise tag, or or at this point you can still have a transition tag. We haven't ruled anything out at this point. Jason, if Justin Evans is healthy, do you feel really good about the safety room as it is? And if he isn't, do you feel good that some of those other guys could potentially one of those other guys could step in as a starting free safety? We do feel good about our safety room. We feel it would be a bonus if Justin comes back healthy because he's a he's a really good player. He's a great athlete and he's a really smart kid. Um, so it would be a bonus if he came back. But I can't sit here today and say we're counting on Justin Evans to be our starter um, just because of the fact that he's been hurt. Would you see any of those of those, of those other options at safety that you have, would you see one of them like best fitting into a free safety type of role? We do. We think that they're interchangeable. We think we've got a lot of guys that can play both, and we feel good about our room. I, we, th- we feel like we can win with those guys. The offensive tackles in this class, how would you compare the depth at the top of this class to what you've seen in the recent years? Uh, it's probably better than it's been in the last several years. Um, it's a good class. Do you know, do you know yet if you're down to the wants to be about the end of the season? I do. Does. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing that you have a, a, there's a good group of, I mean, you really good group of offensive tackles up at the top. Does that, and knowing that, like in previous years, um, it hasn't always been there. I mean, does that kind of in any way steer you in that direction or, or give you a little more pause when it comes to, all right, check in your team inventory. This is what we need here, but we might not have this level of talent, you know, in the next two years, you know, available at this position. Does it um, shift your thinking at all? It doesn't shift that? your thinking. It's the same as any other year where it's, where it's strong at another position mm-hmm. and you may need, have a need there. Um, at the end of the day, you want to take the best player. You're not mm-hmm. going to go into a draft. No team is with just one need. Right. And you take that one player. You do have to take need into account when you're drafting. But, you know, I would say this year we don't have nearly as many needs as we've had in the past. Mm-hmm. So we have the luxury of being able to, if we are able to resign our guys, so um, it gives us some options, but it's also strong at some other areas in the draft, too, that I'd be excited about. How different is it, regardless of who, what you do at the starting quarterback position, that, that you would look at quarterbacks this year and you haven't done that for a while, just to, to have a young guy to develop, even if he's not going to start for you? Uh, It'd be great. It'd be great. I would love to. Yeah. I would love to draft a quarterback at some point in the draft. I do every year, and we haven't. Right, right. Because we took 1-1 one, one overall. Yeah. Exactly. So it would be great. I know Bruce feels the same way. Yeah. You talked about uh, O.J. Howard and his fit. Um, last year, there were reports that teams were interested in, and you said no to any trades. Is he off the trading block, or you know, do you have to, to listen? Other teams probably seeing what you see. And yeah, you're going to think so. you're going to think I'm being cryptic here, but I mean, you listen to everything. Mm-hmm. But you know, we have plans with O.J. being in our offense this year. Is Cam Bray the guy that you think you can keep with the way his contract is structured? Uh, 
Yeah, potentially. Yeah, we'll have to see how things go and the pieces fall. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. How much progress have you guys made in, in terms of talks with Shaq Barrett and his representatives and everything? You know, I don't like talking about openly, publicly talking about our talks. Mm -hmm. uh, I talk with Drew uh, often and plan on getting together with him mm -hmm. uh, this week. Doesn't mean that we'll get something done right away, right. but uh, it could take some time. But Just from a rapport perspective, because Drew also has Brashad Perryman. So it makes the media easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say, it's two birds on one stone, but at the same time. Joel's got a lot of guys on the team, too. Yeah. If you're, you know, if, if you're having one line of conversations about one guy, it, is it easier to, to separate that? Um, yeah, you know, I've found over the years that you can have some, an agent and a GM can have some disagreements on one player, and that he has, you have multiple players, and the conversation just immediately shifts and focuses on the next, and you can change your facial tone, your, yeah. your, uh, your, your, your it's voice. compartmentalized. Yeah, it's compartmentalized. You're and there is no there is no contentious situation right now with, with Drew Rosenhaus mm -hmm. and any of our players. Yeah. You were real excited, as as were a lot of people, about Bruce coming in here. Still are as a head coach and with that staff. But the biggest thing was he was the quarterback whisperer, right? And he was going to be great for Jameis. And he put up 5,109 yards and 33 touchdowns. He also threw 30 interceptions. So is it a disappointment for you? Is it... Uh, was it just the last month? I mean, how would you evaluate sort of why that didn't happen? Not at all. You disappointed in the work that they did with Jameis because he improved in a lot of areas. Um, our team improved in a lot of areas, a lot of areas. So yeah. no disappointment at all. In, or Not in the coaching staff, but just how, how you, your hopes for, for Jameis and Bruce uh, in that first year. Uh, you know, obviously didn't go the way you wanted this yeah, year. Yeah. But, you know, people can improve. He's with young. The early interceptions, the ones on the opening drives, are those a little bit more head scratching for you? Just because those are supposed to be more, oftentimes, a higher completion percentage throws. You know, they're supposed to be getting him into rhythm. Nobody wants to say that they had six pick sixes and seven interceptions on the first possession. You know, it's, of course, that's disappointing. But, like I said, you can improve. Did James consult with you before he had his eye surgery? He let me know he got. And give him the green light, obviously. Yeah, let me know. He's got the right to do it. There's also been reports that he had a knee um, scope done for a minute. Uh, he, yeah, he's getting healthier this offseason. Yeah, as in he, he did have the procedure? or <laughs> I don't want to report on every medical issue that we have here. That one was a little bit more out there. and so With the eye surgery, is that a conversation you had with him in past off-seasons? Is, is there a reason why you wait until the end of the fifth season to have that done? Um, you know, I'd probably feel more comfortable if you ask him. It's, I'm glad that he wanted to make himself better. Jason, with respect to the quarterbacks through this draft, not just the first couple, but is, is it a good group? I mean, do you like the variety of guys you see or the yeah. depth? Yeah, there are. It's it's fun class to watch. Mm -hmm. um, there have been stronger classes. There have been weaker sure. classes. Sure. But, yeah. but is this one of those drafts where you could actually wait and, and not go, you know, want, use one of your top picks on a quarterback and still get some good, some good value there, still get some winners there? I think so. You think so, leading up. But you never know. It takes one team to like Jason, one or two guys that you have. In your wildest dreams, would you imagine James throwing 30 interceptions in his fifth-year option? Uh, I've learned a long time ago in this league, you can't, anything's possible. Do you think all the names of these free agent quarterbacks we're not used to seeing? Obviously, Breeze went back. When you see Brady, when you see Rivers, is it? Do you think it's fool's gold that they're all going to end up back with their old teams? Or, I mean, obviously Rivers is not. Or, or is this just a, a rare opportunity that you have some 
some really accomplished guys at the end of their careers that are available. Like I said, it was, it's a real unique year yeah. uh, to see those names um, as potential free agents. But yeah. uh, we just got to prepare for every scenario. Yeah, yeah. Has there been any one big change this year, last year, to your scouting process from five, six years ago? Um, a lot more inclusion. Um, a lot more emphasis on getting the right guy. Um, as well as player, but getting the right type of person. And um, you know, the Jamel Deans and the um, Sean Murphy, De- you know, Devin, those type of guys, I think it's made a big difference. You got Inclusion with the uh, coaching staff, um, op- having open door conversations at all times, uh, constantly communicating, um, you know, watching tape together, um, and not just, you know, hey, it's, Here's the reports. Now we're going to do. Now I'm going to do what I want to do. It's a, yeah, getting everybody involved. We're all one team, and um, Bruce does a great job with that. His staff, and uh, I like that way too. You guys turned a lot of heads last year when you announced the hiring of two female coaches. Can you just kind of? We haven't talked to you since all that. I mean, can you just kind of summarize you know, your thoughts on, on how they did this year and, and the impact they were able to make in your organization? But they did great, and I really don't even think of it anymore mm-hmm. as you know. Female, male, they're just great additions to our staff. Um, you know, it's been it's been a fun year having them involved. Um, like I said, it's, it's to me, it's, I don't even think about it anymore. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, finally, I actually turned on, uh, I think it was MLB Network perhaps, or was it ESPN? It was ESPN. ESPN. It was ESPN. ESPN, that's right, because Jessica Mendoza was doing the game with uh, Boog Shambi, I believe. Yep. Uh, it was uh, interesting because it was the Cubs against the um, Los Angeles or Anaheim Angels, whatever they call themselves these days, and Joe Madden, of course, the former Cubs manager, mm-hmm. uh, greeting all his former players there in Arizona. And what was really cool is um, they mic'd up both Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant um, pretty much the whole damn game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, yeah, and Boog and Jessica were talking with them, which was hilarious. Yeah. Like the whole time, like they were, they, they were, you know, if they were on the air, they were talking to those two guys, even during and at bat. Like, did I mean, did you did you watch the at bat that he had when he singled to right field? Yeah. So he steps up to the plate, and he's he's got the earpiece and he's talking to him. And he this says, is Rizzo uh, now. Yeah. yeah, Rizzo's up there, and he says, "I'm doing the math of what he might be, what he might be throwing me here." And <laughs> Jessica asks him, "You know, you know what it is?" He goes, he goes I, "I don't know." He goes. I'm not sure what he's going to throw. Someone bang something for me. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> little shade on the Houston Astros right there. I loved there. it. I thought it was hilarious. They were great. They were talking about karaoke and, and um, just, uh, you know. Then they interviewed Madden, and they had those two guys listening in, and they each asked Madden a question. It was just good television, you know, especially for spring training. I wish it's, it's almost you almost wish they could do I don't know if that would be too much during the regular season. They do it in the All-Star games. Um, but boy, those two guys are enjoyable. It, it would be and, uh, it would be great until someone makes some egregious error or mistake. Yes, and they would blame yes. that on it, and you know because they exactly. they started doing this what in the the uh, 
the All Star games the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Fox has done that with players in the outfield, and right? It's been it's been great. I mean, I don't know if you want it in a regular season game. I mean, from a fan perspective, it'd be awesome, but. You know, like That's I said, right. your player makes an error and it's going to be it's because he had the because he was listening to the TV yeah, broadcast. Or, you the, you, yeah, you're talking. You're losing a train of thought. Yeah, but it's 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 clear that you can play baseball and actually do other things, um, contrary to popular belief. Uh, they had balls smashed at them. And everything they were they were they were fine, but but not as much on the line, obviously, for spring training. But really, a cool kind of a cool game and uh, and and fun to listen to those two guys talk. I don't know how. I mean, it's kind of like the XFL, where you're getting that inside. You know, you're talking to players right after they score a touchdown, and Mm -hmm. you're seeing in halftime in the locker rooms, and Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's the access like that's really cool. Yeah, you hear you go behind the game, and it's it's just neat. Um, We got a big game, boy. Talking about big games, the Lightning host the Boston Bruins. Uh, They got them a couple times this week, but uh, tonight's a seven thirty start for those going. So it's the I think it's the Mm -hmm. only one this year at home. It's a seven thirty start. Um, That's right. After they moved the games up to seven this year, but this one for NBC Sports Network is a seven thirty start. So if you're heading there, uh, know you got an extra half an hour to get there. Uh, it's going to be a great one. And uh, we were asked this question in a roundtable discussion in the Tampa Bay Times. You can go on TampaBay.com and read this. Um, which, and I'm not going to phrase it exactly the way we did in the question. Is is basically this: Which injury would you be more concerned with um, by the respective teams, or if you're a Tampa Bay fan, I guess in general? Uh, Steven Stamkos injury with the Tampa Bay Lightnings or Blake Snell's sore elbow? Oh, I, I, mean, I guess just on, you know, apples to apples, exactly what it is right now. This is Blake mm-hmm. Snell in spring training, maybe missing a little bit of the beginning of the season where Stamkos Correct. is missing the end of the season and possibly the beginning of the playoffs. Correct. Yeah, it's to me it wasn't a hard choice. So I, I would say just apples to apples. Now, if you were saying – if Blake Snell got hurt at the same point of the race season was going to miss some of the playoffs, mm-hmm. which injuries harder to overcome. That's a different question. I might take Blake Snell in that regard. Right. And it's not right. a knock on Steven Stamkos at all. It's the lightning have a lot of depth at forward on their team. And and while I don't think you can replace Stamkos's shot per se, exactly, but you've got, you've got enough forward depth where you can overcome that for some time. I don't know if the Rays have enough pitching depth to overcome a playoff run. Without, but, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, last season in the playoffs, one of the issues they had, and granted they took Houston to five games, but Glasnow and Blake Snell weren't fully stretched out yet because they had been hurt coming down the stretch. They became injured, yeah. And, you know, they were only pitching four innings in the playoffs or, you know, mm-hmm. instead of going six or seven. And, and so that right. taxed their bullpen a little bit. And, and that's not necessarily why they lost, but it was definitely a, something they had to overcome in that playoff series and weren't able to, you know, with Glasnow either tipping pitches or them cheating and using video right. to see that i'm not sure but you know yeah, they, they no, didn't have they didn't have the two of their three best pitchers at full strength in the playoffs and and that that hurt them some right snell pitched in like 25 games and and he didn't have the record obviously that he did his cy young year they still won 97 with with him being hurt mm-hmm. um in this instance this is the captain i mean he brings more to the table That's you know too. off the ice as he does as he does as one of their top scorers obviously um, and you know, going into the postseason and not knowing if you're going to have this guy because of the injury, and then when he does come back, not knowing you know how he's going to play or how he's going to feel, um, that's that's a much more difficult thing to navigate. Even though they have a great team and they yeah. and have they've done this before without him too, though, so that, they have. that, that they does have every, help them absolutely. in that regard. I mean, it does. They and they still have every expectation of winning, but it's a more critical time. You've got the entire baseball season ahead of you. And to your point, they don't really anticipate this being a big deal. Now, 
these things sometimes turn into Tommy John, right? And you're talking about a guy's career. But I think right now, as we sit here, to me, um, the more difficult injury was Stamkos. So interesting question. You can read all our responses about that uh, on Tampa Bay. Dot com. So we got the Bruins and the Lightning at Amelie Arena. That game's at 7.30. Tomorrow we're going to have Chris Torello of Spectrum Sports Bay News 9 uh, is going to be on the show. And uh, we also have some mailbag questions floating in. You guys can submit that anytime. You can reach us on Twitter at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. For Steve Ersnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 